It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 27th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Still a bit of a planning day today. We'll get into a couple big couple of quick news items, including the Orlando Magic hiring their new coaching staff or announcing their new coaching staff. I'm sure they've been at work already. Let's talk a little bit about Steve Clifford and his early thoughts on the roster as well. Uh, and then a little bit of what's left to do after the draft now that free agency is coming up starting on Sunday. Talked a little bit heavier about free agency yesterday, about the point guard position and Aaron Gordon, so we'll we'll, we'll kind of take a, a bigger bigger scope at that uh, here on today's episode. Of course, the big news of the day, though, the Orlando Magic officially announcing the coaching staff, the assistant coaching staff. These are the guys that that you know do the daily work with the team. Uh, kind of a big deal, and as expected, it is very 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 player development heavy, and in from in maybe good ways and bad ways. It is a very, very familiar staff to Steve Clifford. The Orlando Magic, of course, hiring Mike Batiste, Tyrone Corbin, Pat Delaney, Steve Hetzel, and Bruce Kreutzer as Clifford's assistant coach. Batiste, Delaney, Hetzel, and Kreutzer were all on Steve Clifford's staff in Charlotte, so he's a good working relationship with them, you would assume. But certainly, I think uh, one of the big criticisms of Steve Clifford, or at least the hiring of Steve Clifford, was the Hornets' poor record. As I've said several times, I think Clifford is someone that can get the magic where they need to be right now, and that's namely um, that's namely uh, in a position to to win again, just, just back to respectability. I think that's what the magic are looking to do. So if Clifford needs to bring in some familiar people to help him get the magic to that point, that's perfectly all right. I think that that is perfectly acceptable and perfectly fine. The question, of course, will be, can the Magic get to that next level when the time comes? That time is not now. This is a very heavy player development staff. Um, Kreutzer, especially, has gotten some recognition and acknowledgement before uh, for his work as a shooting coach. Um, Clifford has Clifford has publicly credited him with helping the Hornets improve their three-point shooting, including especially Kemba Walker improve his three-point shooting um, of two, three years ago now. Uh, but every one of these guys has had some major player development experience, whether it was coaching in the G League, where Batiste was an assistant coach with the G League. Um, he's a guy that, that that was a EuroLeague MVP, three-time EuroLeague champion, um, so he's played at very high levels. Um, you've got uh, Delaney, also head coach of the Sioux Falls Sky Force, had a 31-19 record with Sioux Falls before he joined Clifford's staff um, a few years ago. Um, Hetzel as well. Well known for his development with the Detroit Pistons uh, from 2009 to 2013. Had three rookies named to all rookie teams there too. So again, very heavy player development. The biggest name, of course, on the assistant coaching staff, and and there isn't necessarily a lead assistant, but if you had to guess who the lead assistant is, 
or who the de facto lead assistant is. It's probably this guy, Tyrone Corbin, three-year head coach with Utah Jazz, coach to the Sacramento Kings between Mike Malone and George Carl. Um, he is, you know, not the sexiest name out there as far as former head coaches. Uh, you know, he, he has track record with the Jazz, wasn't fantastic. A 119 and 167 overall win percentage. It's in the 40s, so that that's good, I guess, for the Magic, but... Um, it, definitely not the guy that, that that everyone's jumping out of their seat for. I think when, when the news uh, initially hit, everyone was like, really? Tyrone Corbin? Really? Um, but he's a good assistant. He's helped develop players before. He's, he's, he's been around the league plenty, so I think he's a good voice to have. Um, they're not looking for him to be the next head coach after all, but, um, it, but you know, it, it's again, the staff is definitely very, very, very uh, development-heavy, player development-heavy. That's something the Magic need to have right now with all the young guys that they have. Um, and of course, I think it is important as well for Steve Clifford to have people that he's familiar with to help install and, and implement what worked in Charlotte and, and make this team, get this team's identity set and, and culture set in the right direction. As I said during the coaching hire, the public really doesn't understand and really can't differentiate between head co- between assistant coaches. We're not going to be able to say, oh, this assistant coach will provide XYZ. I mean, I can I told you, that they've worked in player development before. They've all worked in the G League. One of them's a really renowned uh, shooting coach. Uh, but it's it's hard to say that, yes, this is a good hire, or this is a bad hire, or this guy will interact with this guy in this way, or this is what this guy's job is. That's that's really tough to do uh, as as the public, as, as the general public. Um, we're not going to understand what these guys do on a day-to-day basis, what their responsibilities are. Um, but overall... Um, I think that we can also we can really say with with some certainty at least that you know the Magic have put an emphasis on player development here, and they've got a staff that Steve Clifford is familiar with, and so uh, I think that should that should help. But you know you never really know. It is important that the staff is in place, of course, uh, for summer league number one, so that, because they'll mainly work the summer league team, uh, and also important just just because these are the guys that will work with the players individually and in groups and 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 be a big sounding board for them throughout the season. This is this is this the staff that plays a very vital role. Uh, and so now that part of the puzzle is in place, the next part of the puzzle of course is fixing the roster. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And Steve Clifford uh, is not going to be the guy making decisions on that front. Uh, you know, he, he said he said in an interview, I think it was with Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel, he said that he wasn't super involved in the draft process. They, you know, the, the GM would send him clips or the executives would send him clips to watch 
just to get his thoughts on a guy. I mean, certainly they wanted his input. They wanted what, what he thought of the guys, but, but he wasn't, you know, saying, oh, pick this guy or don't pick this guy or, or, or whatever the case may be. Um, but I think also uh, Steve Clifford has said that, you know, he, he wants to get to know this roster itself. Um, he wants to, um, you know, get in front of the guys. And, and he said he, stu- he said he was going to study tape. And, you know, he said at his uh, introductory press conference, I'm not in a position to really tell you much about this roster. I only studied them as opponents. I don't really know about them as, their, as a team. I haven't gotten to know them. You don't really know a player until you coach them. And that's definitely true. And, and Clifford's not going to get to know these guys, all these guys, obviously, before he coaches them. But he did say that he is trying to get in front of every single player that he can. And at least in his initial film review, he seems to believe that the Magic are... Uh, he seems to be optimistic about the Magic and, and what, they can, what they can do. Um, Steve Clifford, uh, in an interview uh, with... I'm trying to find who it was with. An interview with the Doug Gottlieb show said that he's still in the process of reviewing the roster, and this was from last week. Um, But he did say that there were a lot of encouraging signs, and yes, injuries played a huge role in disrupting this team's rhythm. He said that that he was very, he seemed to be very optimistic about the group that he has. Uh, Now, Clifford has seen a lot of guys that have been in Orlando. I know Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic were in town shortly after uh, after Clifford was hired. Vucevic is now back home in Montenegro. I uh, just finished conducting a junior NBA camp over there. Um, you know, Evan Fournier has been splitting time between Orlando and Miami. He's met with Terrence Ross, TJ Augustin, Jonathan Isaac's been in the gym a lot. Wessel Wundu's been in the gym a lot. Jamel Artis has been in the gym a lot. Uh, I believe Rodney Purvis has also been in the Magic's gym a lot. Um, he's met with a lot of these guys. And, and in fact, he traveled to San, San Jose to meet with Aaron Gordon face-to-face as well and, and watch him work out and go through, go through workouts with him. Um, he's doing what a new coach should do, just getting around to his players and, and, uh, and getting to understand them as people, getting in front of them, meeting them face-to-face, and, and talking with them as, as, any, as any new leader should do. Of course, there's going to be changes. This, this, isn't, the, this isn't the end game. I think most of us who watched all 82 games of the season would tell you that there is a lot of work to do to fix this roster, that the margin for error is still just very, very small, uh, and and uh, injuries just really r- ripped this team apart. I think most of us would agree this is probably not really a 25-win team. They're probably closer to 30, 31, 32 wins if they were healthy, um, but certainly the way they played to start the season, 8-4, and four, it's, Clifford did not think that was insignificant. He thought that that was uh, definitely... Uh, not uh, not uh, uh, an indication of how good this team could be. So he he seems to be very optimistic. Now, that's coach speak as well. I mean, he's not going to go out and say, no, no, our team's terrible. We, we have a lot to work on. I, I think everyone would admit that there is a lot to work on with this team. Uh, but I think it is good to, to know that there's a little bit of optimism that someone uh, is putting some fresh eyes on this team and is seeing it in a different light and seeing the team uh, differently. Having said that, coming out of this draft, the Magic still have a lot of questions they need to answer, and that's what we'll spend the rest of this time talking about. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Orlando Magic, um, obviously with their draft, took, took who they thought were the best players available at, at each pick. Um, Mohamed Bamba, I think it was hard to argue that he was not the best player available. Um, at number six, Orlando, I think, did a good job there. Melvin Frazier, a solid wing player, a potential defender, potential 3 and D guy if he can start hitting threes. Solid pick, a good good gamble in the second round. And Justin Jackson, a guy, a high-talent upside guy um, who's coming off a shoulder injury uh, that, that slowed him down. An interesting prospect as well. But you notice in all those, Orlando did not solve all of their problems. And, and they weren't ever going to solve all of their problems in the NBA draft. I, I think that, that should be laid completely clear. Muhammad Bamba helps. He'll set a defensive identity. He'll be a great rim protector. But, you know, with the current roster, Nikola Vucevic, Bismack Biombo, Ken Birch, the Magic already have plenty of centers. And, 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 and as I've argued a little bit, when the Magic, when the Magic were looking at Trey Young, and I was like, if, if it comes down to Trey Young and Mobamba, I think I'd take Trey Young because you can find guys who do what Mobamba does to some extent, maybe not the whole extent, a lot easier than maybe you can find guys that, that can do what Trey Young might be able to do. That was my opinion. And, and I'm not saying Bamba was a bad pick. Bamba was the right pick because Trey Young was off the board. But for sure, Orlando's roster has an imbalance. We talked about it yesterday. Orlando only has one point guard on the roster right now, DJ Augustin. And there's some talk that maybe Rodney Purvis could play point guard, that Troy Copain could get called up from Lakeland um, if, if he has a good summer league, if he's on the Magic Summer League team, that has not been confirmed yet. Um, but but there's still that huge gaping hole. And there's still that huge gaping hole of the team needs a penetrator, a, 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 a creator, someone to kind of steer the ship a little bit. The draft was not going to answer all these questions. And maybe the Magic could have moved up and been a little bit more aggressive going after a Doncic or after a Young. Maybe the Magic could have been a little more aggressive with their second-round picks moving up to get back into the first round to get a point guard or to get a, a quality player that they really liked. Or, or maybe they got the player they wanted all along. I think that the, Ma- the, the Magic's draft answered some questions for sure. The Magic's draft got the ball rolling on what this team wants to be. And obviously there's that emphasis on length and athleticism. But this team is still a long way away from answering some of those questions. It's hard to imagine the, the Magic getting an impact-free agent for the reasons that I described yesterday, that, that Aaron Gordon will eat up all the cap. And if that's the case, if the Magic can't bring in an impact-free agent and trades are going to end up netting them... Eric Bledsoe or Brandon Knight or Reggie Jackson or Dennis Schroeder, then yes, you're looking again at a season where the Magic are going to struggle a little bit. Where the Magic are, are probably going to be in that middling road once again. It's, it's hard to say that DJ Augustin as their starting point guard is going to lead to much success. It's hard to say that this team is a significantly better shooting team by adding a Mo Bamba, a Melvin Frazier, and a Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson's the best shooter of the three, and he really struggled last year in limited time and and with a shoulder injury. And so, 
the draft, in that sense, left so many questions still wide open for this team. They haven't answered everything yet. They've still got a lot, a lot of questions going on. Jeff Wellman, I think, said it best Thursday night. Rome wasn't built in a day. This Magic team, certainly not going to be built in a day or built in a summer. And so, there, I, I've sensed some hand-wringing, and I think this is the reason to bring this up. I've sensed some hand-wringing from Magic fans reacting to this draft saying, where are the Magic going to find offense? Where are the Magic going to get a point guard? Where, where are they going to get all these things? And these are legitimate questions. These are fair questions. Because the Magic could not put a product on the floor next year that I, I think at least doesn't have a chance, that clearly doesn't have a chance. I think that sends, a, I think that sends a bad message. And so... Orlando is going to have to address all of these issues. The offense, the shooting, the point guard. They have to address all of these issues, even in a short-term manner, during free agency, during this trade period. They absolutely have to. But they're not going to come up with final answers right now. That is certainly not in the cards. And unfortunately, this draft continues to leave so many of those questions open-ended. And exactly how the Magic will solve these problems remains open-ended. The one thing that I can say is, is I'm really high on Bamba and Bamba's potential to change the defense. I'm really high on Isaac and his potential to continue growing as an offensive player. I'm really high on Aaron Gordon and his potential to grow as an offensive player. Finding that one right piece is going to be difficult this summer. And it's probably going to lead to another difficult, maybe sometimes even frustrating season next year. But we will see what comes of it. We will see whether the Magic can find answers to these questions, even in the short term. And that will determine where the 2019 season goes and where the Magic go from here. This is a big free agency period because there are a lot of questions to answer and very little resources to do so. The Magic have to be smart. Um, they, they can't tie up their books. But they got to find a way to put a team on the floor that you know has a chance to, to grow and to compete. And I think that's definitely part of the goal. And not being short-sighted or anything, but but certainly one that, that can fit the culture that they want to build. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including a look at sign-in trades and how they work as Aaron Gordon's free agency comes closer, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow us, follow us there at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.